Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Joining me on the phone now, Pastor Ed Buller from Heart of Worship International Church. Pastor Ed, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. I'm in, I guess, my home studio today, too. Yes, right. Well, we're going to talk about that. Can I take a minute just to tell people how we've never met, uh, but we have uh, chatted on the phone and we've emailed back and forth, and you're a listener, and you sent me, uh, I'll be honest with you, you you sent me an email that brought me to tears about some of the challenges you faced in your life. And for whatever reason, you've connected with me and, and uh, some of the things I've said on the air. And you're already one of my favorite people, so I can't wait to have a coffee and meet. We were supposed to have dinner together at a fundraiser that you had going, but of course all this yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how are, you know, we just heard from the Premier, and he talked about a liquidity crunch. Are we also seeing a faith crunch out there, Pastor Ed, or are people keeping the faith these days? No, I, you know what? I, I, I think it's it's a little bit of both, Hal. Uh, people are are questioning, for sure. They're questioning, you know, how, how God allows things like this, and that, that happens whenever a crisis occurs, right? But But what happens is that people long for community in times like this, especially when we're in isolation or forced into into this solitary kind of environment we call our homes right now a little bit. And people are longing for the power of community, which is why, uh, you know, the church is so important in times like this, because it's, it's a community, but it's a different kind of community. It's a faith community that seeks a, a power in something even greater than itself, which is God. So what I'm seeing is, is people flocking to a creative community, because we are engaging in that community just in, in different ways these days, like streaming or video conferencing. I mean, Facebook Live has become my best friend as far as working with my church, for example. So that's kind of how I would answer that question, yeah. So that's how you're trying to keep your community, Heart of Worship International Church, together through this, by using technology. And here I am doing my show from my home studio. Um, Boy, you know, as challenging as this is and as difficult as this is, thank God for the technology of 2020. I just remember how when I was 12 years old and and, and I was downloading, you know, a a picture of a basketball star on my computer at home and it took five minutes and I was so excited that it took five minutes and was that fast to show me a picture of a basketball star. And now in one one hundredth of a second, I'm communicating live in a worship service with my congregation. You're right. Thank God. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how is your? Uh, how are your uh, members of your church holding up? Overall, pretty good. Like, maybe, and you don't obviously don't say names or anything. But tell me some of the challenges that some of your uh, church members are are dealing with. I'm sure they're very much like the challenges many others are dealing with out there. Well, it, it is. You know, I mean, you know, our church people are a member of our community here in in Winnipeg. Um, yeah. We're we're holding up okay. The, the nice thing about church community is 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 there's a there's a there's a sense of family and social responsibility so i might watch out for my mother for example because she's family but i also watch out for the members of my church because they're 
their family. So you know what, my my uh, my friend, who uh, I minister to every Sunday morning, but he's 80 years old and he can't go out shopping for groceries. So we call another one of our friends who's 40 years old and one of our deacons, and she can go out shopping for groceries, leave it on his doorstep. And you know what? We we don't worry about the money in times like this. Everything will work itself out, whether it be uh, shoveling snow if all of a sudden we get a little bit of a mini blizzard or whether it be groceries or whether it be uh, pharmacies or or whether it just be, you know what? I'm having a tough day and I just want to talk to somebody. Can I can I uh, Facebook Messenger you right now, Pastor? And can you just pray for me face to face? I mean, I'm not one foot away from you, so you don't have to worry about catching the coronavirus from me. But I just need to see you. I just need to talk to you. I just need to say, you know what? Um, I'm hurting because my cousin in the Philippines has uh, has has come down with this coronavirus and I'm questioning my own faith and my own sense of, of of normalcy what can we what can we what can we do together and then to preach you know the message of hope from from the bible like this past sunday I was going to go on as if everything was normal but I couldn't go on as if everything was normal so I said to I said to the body, I said to the church, I said, what does, what does the Bible say to people of faith during times like this? And, and the Bible actually is strangely normal during a time like this. It says exactly what you're saying, Hal, to people. It says, first and foremost, you know, treat the situation with common sense. Um, the devil tempted Jesus when Jesus was 30 years old, he said, you know what? We're on top of this temple here. Throw yourself down from the temple and, and your dad will send angels to come and save you. And Jesus looked at the devil and he said, the Bible tells you not to tempt your Lord, your God. Why would I jump off this temple if I don't have to? Exercise common sense. And common sense right now tells people to wash their hands, tells people to social distance. It tells people to trust God and tells people to seek God. And so that's what we're doing as a church. And I got to say, um, some of the blessings that come out of this are, are, are unreal. Yesterday morning, hell, um, at, at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I was exhausted. I was still sleeping, and my phone rang, and it was a member of our church. So I picked it up, and it was a live messenger call, and I, I, I opened it up. And it wasn't a member of my church. Well, actually, it was, but it was an 8-year-old little girl from our church and she was like pastor ed we miss we miss sunday school pastor ed we miss you pastor ed i'm drawing a picture for you pastor ed and and i talked to her for five minutes we laughed and we prayed together and after i hung up the phone i cried but they were tears of joy because because we're still moving forward covid19 help let me tell you something about the virus it can attack the individual it can attack the body but it can't attack the community. It, it, Winnipeg strong, yes, but it can't attack a community, especially a community of faith whose higher power is much more powerful than a virus, and that is God. 
Let me ask you one final question. You mentioned you mentioned the Philippines. I know a lot of the members of your church uh, have family and and friends in the Philippines. You have a lot of Filipino uh, members of your church. Uh, that yes, adds sir. a whole other element to this, doesn't it? Yes, it absolutely it does. Uh, we just got. Uh, in fact, if 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 a, if you uh, came to our church on a Sunday morning, I, like I was telling you the other day, you'd increase the Caucasian population of our church a hundred percent. It's me and 150 <laughs> of my Filipino <laughs> brothers and sisters. Uh, but we just had a missions team of about 10 people come back from their home in the Philippines, and they're all social isolating now for 14 days. Uh, you know, as they come back, and they've all kind of experienced and wrestled with that and of course they're all concerned you know for their families back at home but i mm-hmm. the wonderful thing about our filipino community fell hell is that they that the 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 value they place on family and the strength and and the connections and again the technology and how that helps us network together uh, and if we need to uh we send the money where it needs to go, and we support each other, even though we're halfway around the world. Pastor Ed, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it, and I promise we are going to have that coffee. We will meet face-to-face very soon. It'll happen, Hal, and thank you and Cam and the entire CGOB team for the work you're doing. I appreciate it. Pastor Ed, thank you very much. Pastor Ed Bowler, Heart of Worship International Church. And listen, I've had Pastor Bruce Martin on. Uh, I've had, we have a variety of guests. And I bring guests on to try and learn something from them. I may not always agree with them. I may not agree with their belief. I may not have the same beliefs as them, but I have them on to try and learn something. So I'm just going to read you. And whenever I have a pastor on or a priest or, or something like that, I get a few of these, right? Bob says by text message 204-780-6868. This is not a religious show. Please no religion. If I want to hear that, I'll listen to a church station. Bob, you don't have to believe in God to hear a powerful message in that conversation with Pastor Ed. You don't have to believe in God. You don't have to agree with every word that Pastor Ed said or every word that I say. But we can all learn from each other. So, Bob, that's why Pastor Ed was on the show today. And I will continue to have people like Pastor Ed on the show. And you have a knob on your radio. So if you don't like it, you can turn the knob off, and hopefully you will come back. But I think if you listen to conversations like that, we can all benefit from that as a community. And we are battling right now as a community against this pandemic joining us now on the phone david olivier he is the owner of bow my med a local manufacturer david good afternoon good afternoon thank you for doing this so tell us a bit yes i can hear you yes can you hear me yes i can Good, excellent, Ari. Uh, yeah, there's a bit of a delay because I'm doing the show from my home studio. I appreciate your time here, David. Hey, um, before we get into this, and, and you're making parts for ventilators, and we know how valuable and important ventilators are right now, just tell me a little bit about Bull My Med, a Winnipeg company. Well, we uh, started in 1985, so we've been around, this is our 35th year uh, of doing the same thing. 
And we've basically been a provider of in the healthcare area in the intensive care and anesthesia departments. So we, we've been selling intensive care ventilators and anesthesia gas machines for 35 years. Um, we, we don't make ventilators. We, we get all of our ventilators from uh, 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 Switzerland. Um, and uh, we basically, uh, and the ventilator that we sell is from a company called Hamilton Medical. And if anybody does any, any research, uh, most of the, the things that you read online, you'll see the name Hamilton Medical is one of the top companies in the world. Um, and we basically represent them for, for all of Canada, and our head office is in Winnipeg. Um, but we do more than just that. We also uh, manufacture uh, tubing and, and components and parts and pieces, and we, we make up uh, uh, circuits, patient circuits, so that uh, we, we sell the gas machines and we sell the ventilators and we basically install them, we teach them, we educate people, we have clinical people, we have service people, um, and, we, and we stock all the necessary parts to keep them going. Um, and, uh, but what we, what we do, which is really, I think, special locally, is that we, we actually make the breathing circuit itself here, here in Winnipeg. So we extrude right. so the tubing ourselves. The ma- you're involved in the... the, you're the, involved in the m- Go ahead. I interrupted. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so you are definitely involved in the, I realize the ventilators come from elsewhere, but you are definitely involved in the manufacturing. So let's just kind of skip ahead then to what COVID-19 has meant for you and your staff at uh, Bowmymed. Well, it's it's really turned us upside down because we had a, a, a pandemic plan that we kind of always have had in place. And we're always thinking long term because most of the things we do, we do for all of Canada. So we we've got contractual obligations right across Canada, and and it's significant in 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 anesthesia circuits. Uh, we have to we, we we're going every day, and uh, and the same with the breathing uh, systems. And we have a you know an allotment we've got to make sure that we can make every day and get out the door every day nationally. Uh, but th- what this has done is it's just changed the, the whole uh, mentality of what we have to do because uh, what we do a lot of is anesthesia breathing circuits. But anesthesia across the country is, is going to be reduced by probably 70%, 80%. And maybe some of these hospitals that have this virus where they're, you know, maybe the strategic hospital, they may be doing no anesthesia. So our, all of our lines are automated. And so we've we've had to kind of rushed our engineers have had to kind of rush in, into is, okay how do we make this change well how do we make this circuit automated how do we make a uh, a covid 19 circuit and so we we're, we've offered um, we've got about three different automated circuits that we can do now and we've just done this over the last week or so and um, what this allows us to do is is uh, is use very you know, the same tubing and just change the configurations. And what we're doing is we're adding filters and things like that. So we're, we're, the circuit we're going to provide for the ICU for these ventilators are ones that really protect the ventilator from the patient and, protects, and protect the, uh, the clinicians, the respiratory therapists, the nursing, and the doctors from, from the patient. So it's, uh, uh, it's, and it's something we can put in our, in our, on our, um, our robotic system. So it makes it fast. So we, we, can, we can do quite a bit for Canada in that area now, so we're pretty excited about that. But it's really got us running because we've had to change the way we're thinking and, 
And the other thing is we've had to, because we manufacture all of our raw materials, you know, we want to make sure we had plenty of raw material that's going to last us for the year. And we've had to ensure that uh, we've got, you know, pricing that, that makes sense because not just this, this COVIDian or COVID-19, but uh, just the dollar itself has really probably hurt most Canadian countries, uh, companies that, that manufacture that rely on materials that are, that are U.S.-based. So uh, we've, there's a lot of complexities. And then on top of that, our organization is, is, is really, you know, we're really worried about, you know, any infection, any of this virus landing into our building, because if it shut us down, then we would really be hurting uh, all the hospitals across Canada. So we're kind of in a lockdown mode. And nobody can enter our building other than authorized people. And we're asking a lot of questions every day to our staff. And, and there's, there's new guidelines on how they, how, you know, they can't even have lunch together. Uh, it's, it, uh, it, it's crazy times. And we've, we've really, um, it's kind of thrown us upside down, but we're, we're getting in a really good spot right now. We're pretty comfortable with what we've done. And we're starting to relax a little bit. Now we just have to kind of give it up to a, to a higher power. Well, David, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to tell us about it. Good for you and everybody over at uh, Bowmine Med. Really appreciate your hard work. I know you're working long hours. Stay safe. And, again, uh, really appreciate you doing this for all of us. Great. Thanks a lot, Hal. Okay. Take care. David Olivier. David Olivier from a Winnipeg company called Bowmine Med. And uh, they are working hard with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, here in this community and obviously uh, helping to provide ventilators and other equipment to people right across the country. Very cool stuff. I think we should be able to find at least one short segment every day where we can just talk about stuff other than the pandemic. Um, Cam, can you get uh, ready for the end of this segment, uh, the Village People's YMCA, which of course is a great song. It's a disco anthem, really. And uh, that song, along with other music, is being uh, put into the U.S. Library of Congress. Basically, music that's in some way or another historically important is being added to the U.S. Library of Congress, including, yes, the disco anthem YMCA by the Village People. Interesting. Some other music that is going into the U.S. Library of Congress Dr. Dre's debut studio album, The Chronic, Whitney Houston's version of I Will Always Love You, incredible song, incredible version of that song. Dolly does a good job of it, too, but Whitney's is by far the best, I think. Uh, Also going into the U.S. Library of Congress, the original Broadway cast recording of Fiddler on the Roof, and Dusty Springfield's Landmark album, Dusty in Memphis, all going into the U.S. Library of Congress. Historically important music. A couple more. Wichita Lineman by Glenn Campbell is going in, and also the theme song to the children's TV show, Mr. Rogers. Now, I said music that is historically important is going in. Uh, but there is also some spoken word going in. I, I think every year they pick one uh, spoken word recording, and that goes in. And this year, it is play-by-play commentary of the 1951 baseball showdown between the New York Giants and the Brooklyn Dodgers. 
The tiebreaker ended. It was a tiebreaker back in 51. The tiebreaker ended when Bobby Thompson's dramatic game-winning home run was knocked out of the park, and it was known as the shot heard round the world. So there you go. The U.S. Library of Congress adding songs like YMCA and I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, Wichita Lineman by Glenn Campbell, and all the other stuff uh, that I mentioned there. Hot baths. I don't take very many hot. Cam, are you a bather? Do you take very many hot baths, or are you more <laughs> no. to shower? I think most guys. I can't are sh- remember the last. I know. Time I, had I can't a bath. believe I'm asking you this either. I can hear you <laughs> laughing. Yes, it's sort of a silly question. A couple of grown men talking about bathing, but I think most guys shower, right? Yeah, oh, I shower. Yeah. 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 Me too. Rarely do, and when I've got a, and I've got a beautiful uh, tub in the basement with it's almost spa like, and uh, I never use it. Um, but anyhow, um, there is a study out of Japan that says taking a hot bath every day, not once or twice a week, but every day, a hot bath could help lower your odds of developing heart disease and stroke. Frequent tub bathing will ensure if you believe this and this is an observational study so we don't know why but uh, these observational studies you know there's something to it they just don't know what but uh, if you take a hot bath every day you will have a lower risk of hypertension if you take one bath a week two a week uh, or no baths at all not the same but if you bathe in a hot bath every day This study out of Japan says you will enjoy a 28% lower risk of heart disease and a 26% lower risk of stroke. So it's significant. 28% less heart disease, 26% uh, less stroke. So you might want to start taking a hot bath every day. And um, what is the secret to happiness? What makes you happy, Cam Poitras, back there at CGOB, holding down the fort while all of us are broadcasting from our home studios? How are you? Uh... Um, what makes me happy? Like, yeah. right now, I think everyone's kind of thinking about, um, you, you know, friends and family, man. That's that's yeah. that's what it comes down to, really. Um, I, I Like, I can't go see my dad right now, which sucks, yeah. and it was just his birthday. Right. And, uh, uh, happy and I, birthday. Yeah, and I really miss happy him. Happy birthday. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's tough. Yeah, but yeah, friends it, and family that, for sure. Yeah, and that's a very good point. And when we, you know, you don't really, I think sometimes you take things for granted like that until you, now in a case like this, we can't, right? And so, yeah, fans, uh, f- uh, friends and, and family, I hear you. Um, but here's uh, what this study found out. The secret to happiness. Um, If you go outdoors, spend time outdoors, according to new data at the World Happiness Index, if you spend time outdoors, you will be at your happiest outside. And they say, if you can go outside, go to a park. If you can spend time outside in a park, you will be at your happiest. So keep that in mind uh, at this time when, uh, when you know, we're stressed and worried about it. See, you, I can't even do Hal's ABCs, anything but COVID-19, without COVID-19 kind of sneaking its way in there. I'm but, sorry, Hal. No, that's okay. Yeah. No, no, I asked you a question. You answered it. That's fine. I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying it's just everywhere these days, right? 
By the way, let me read a couple of uh, text messages here. I had Pastor Ed on, and then we had a listener say, oh, you know, religious show, I don't like religion. I, always... I have all kinds of different people on from different walks of life uh, to try and learn. Often there are great messages there. You don't have to agree with everything everybody believes or says. Uh, anyhow, after that one complaint... I got several text messages and emails like this. Let me just uh, read a couple here. Hal, uh, great having Pastor Ed on. What I took from his conversation is that we all need to use common sense, and the evil thrives on fear and hysteria. Yes, absolutely. Another one. Hey, Hal, way to go. I personally don't believe in religion, but I believe everybody should be able to make their own choice, and your last segment with the pastor didn't bother me at all. Another one. Hal, you're right. That guy can turn off the radio if he doesn't like the face segment. I'm not a Christian. I'm a humorist, but you are right. We all learn from one another. So this is for that listener. Get over yourself. Another one. Hal, I totally agree with your response to that listener that was complaining about your guest, Pastor Eddie. He had a very powerful message. Thanks to all you do at CJOB and everybody at CJOB for all that you are doing during this stressful time. And another one. One more. Hey, Hal, keep doing as you're doing. Not over, overly religious myself, although some might say otherwise. One thing I sometimes ponder is why are those who don't believe in God so afraid of his message, especially if it's a positive one? Right. I can. I don't have to believe what Pastor Ed believes to think that his message had some important stuff in there. Anyhow, thank you for... Uh, all the uh, nice responses, all the nice text messages and emails, I really appreciate it. Coming up on quarter after 2, 2.12 is the actual time. I am at my home studio again here today, broadcasting on CJOB after a quick break when we check the weather here. And then James Fable, the executive director of Bear Clan, will be here. COVID-19 definitely affecting how they are doing things. It's in the U.S. Uh, library of Congress. It's a great song. The disco anthem Village People YMCA as we head to a break. James Favel joins us now on the phone, executive director of the Bear Clan Patrol. James, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. How has COVID-19, this pandemic, affected you guys at Bear Clan? It's made things very uncomfortable. Absolutely. And we're, uh, we're, we're trying to keep busy and keep going. Um, patrols are just impossible right now, so we're trying to do mobile and get that organized and, and working effectively. Our food distribution, uh, we're being inundated with uh, donations because other service providers aren't functioning, so we're kind of picking up that slack. But it's, uh, and because we're limited to how many people we can have in the building, my staff are becoming overworked and tired, and I think we're gonna take a day off tomorrow. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot going on, and it's, it's having a, a very hard impact on all of us here doing the work on the front line. 
So explain then how your patrols are working now. You are or you're not doing patrols right now? We're not currently doing foot patrols. We're going to be using uh, mobile vehicles and going out and checking on vulnerable people, people bringing out sandwiches and things like that. I'm still trying to be present in the community and, and, and be that resource for our, our uh, community members that are living around. Yeah, because you're providing, obviously, an important service. We've talked about what you guys do before. I think most people are familiar with Bear Clan and, and what you do there, James. But you also have to stay safe, and there are restrictions right. in place uh, to keep everybody safe. So that makes a lot That's of things right. more challenging and, for sure, your job more challenging. Absolutely. And, again, like we, we can't have anybody in the building when we do our food distribution, so my staff are scrambling to make uh, food. Like They're making hampers on the fly. For up to it can get 330 people through the door yesterday. Wow, and that's become yeah. a part of that's become a big part of what Bear Clan does. The food uh, thing. I mean, this began as foot patrols. You, you really have become so much more than that. Yes, sir. Um, you know, again, it, it, we had a very narrow focus in the beginning, just disrupting disrupting John traffic in our community. But it has turned into so much more. Uh, we started doing food distribution on a very small scale, probably early 2015, really, is one of the first things we did was uh, getting, like, apples and oranges into the community. 2017, it started picking up. I think we did 20 tons. 2018, we did 62 and a half. Last year, we did 145. And I expect we will do way more than that this year. But obviously, you're, you're staying safe. Your people are staying safe. That's the most important thing here, the right, James? That's right. That, that is exactly right. Now, what can people do for Bear Clan? You're always helping others. Is there anything that any of us or anybody out there, any organization listening right now can do to help you do what you do? Yeah, stay safe, stay at home, do the right thing. We're functioning. With, you know, We have our providers out there, our, like the, the big donors, the box stores that are helping us out. We don't need anybody running up the stores and trying to pick something up and bring it to us. Uh, for now, just stay home, stay safe, and, and we'll get through this all together. James, thanks a lot for doing what you do. Really appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling. Whew. Carolyn, I need you. I need you. I think a lot of us <laughs> need you. I told you this last Thursday. At that point, I was day two of broadcasting from home. I'm now at day nine broadcasting from home, and I'm not complaining. I'm here with Jackie. I'm here with Hershey. Uh, it's going well. I'm able to do my job, and you know how much I love my job. Um, how are you managing? Well, I think, I, I, you know what, similar, right, Hal, where um, I miss you, right? There's ways in which we're talking, and we're figuring out how to make the best of the current situation, but yeah. it's not the same, right? And um, I'm missing some of the same routines, although we're trying to um, – do the best we can. Uh, we have family supper at our house every week where I've always invited the kids over, you know, what, what works for family supper next week. And we have the kids over for family supper. And mm-hmm. yesterday I've got kids working on the front lines and they said, you know, it's best that we not come. And I'm like, COVID virus, you are not going to take family supper from me. And so I, we, we figured out plan B and I made three casseroles and I dropped them off at the kids' houses. And we were on Zoom yesterday and we had family supper together apart um, which is, isn't, it's not the same, but we're trying to do as much as we can to make the situation work. Yeah. You know, and it's the same broadcasting from, from home here. It's not perfect, but we're working around the issues and we're making it happen. And I think for the most part, 
uh, at least what I'm hearing from most people, uh, is you know that it's working and people are enjoying what we're doing, trying to bring them the latest and most accurate information on the pandemic, and uh, trying to you know have a little fun here and there as we uh, as we go along because. I guarantee you there are a lot more people listening now to CGOB. A lot of people at work maybe couldn't listen. Now they're working from home, and they don't have to ask the boss. So I know there are a lot more people <laughs> listening because I'm talking to them on social media, and I'm hearing from them during the show, and I'm I'm getting emails uh, from them as well. Yeah, I've I heard mentioned... people too say that they, they've tuned in um, recently um, and that they heard me last week, and it's not something they can usually listen to. So, yeah, I'm hearing the same. Good. Excellent. Uh, now, listen, I don't want to be a, you know, a negative Nelly here, but I will tell you a, a story that I saw, and this will get us into a more positive conversation. Online searches for I want a divorce, according to Google, <laughs> are up 154%. And oh well, yeah. And listen, um, some of us aren't used to spending so much time together, and that can be tough and challenging. Try and walk us through this, Carolyn. What's the best approach? So this is this is not surprising. I would expect this, and this is not something that alarms me. And and if you'll hear me out, it actually encourages me in a in sort of a backwards, like a backwards compliment sort of way. Where uh, you and I have talked before about how. Often, shortly, early and on in January, we get this flood of calls um, into our offices about for counseling. And what's happened is that people have, over Christmas, they have a greater amount of unstructured time. They have more leisure time. There's more time together. And while that many ways we can hardly wait for it and we look forward to it, that time also then means that people are just spending more time in each other's spaces um, with more time than they usually have because usually we're so busy rushing around to things that we don't really have much time to pay attention to our relationships. And so the cracks that have always been there now suddenly become very apparent. And um, sometimes as people are not surprised by those cracks and people react to those cracks, they start blaming and uh, can get kind of nasty with each other. And so suddenly what feels like something that was working not too badly when people were really frantically busy and didn't have much time to pay attention to it, now it becomes like do I, you look across the other person and like, do I really want to be with you, right? And in some ways, I see that as a beautiful thing because those cracks were always there. You just didn't have a chance to pay attention to them. And now they're readily apparent, and now you can do something about it. And so people right away go to, oh, if we're not getting along, we should get divorced. And my, as a marriage therapist, I'm like, well, if you can't get along, now's your chance to start working on things, right? Like watch some videos, read some books, you know, ask each other some questions, take some chance to be curious about what is it that is creating this level of distress. And like, gosh darn it, this is a stressful time. And I think um, I was at, uh, I was on a, a, a call yesterday and somebody said, my wife has officially declared that she is officially grumpy, right? Like this is a hard time. Her job is transitioned. <laughs> this is so hard. And because we're spending so much time with just the, our immediate family in the same house, this, you know, external enemy virus, the COVID virus, um, it, we can't yell at it. We can't tell it to go away. And so the distress that it gives us, we just turn around and we give it to the people that are closest to us. And I think we have to recognize that we're downloading some of that stress in ways that are understandable, but ultimately not acceptable onto each other. And so how do we recognize our own internal distress 
be curious about it, be curious about the effect it has on our close relationships, and then say, this is not who we want to be. Let's actually figure out a plan forward to figure out what we're going to do about this. And by the way, now we've got some time because people, we're at home. Like, let's figure this out. Yeah, and it is kind of a two-way street in the sense that, yeah, maybe you're more grumpy and you need to be aware of that and pull that back a little bit, but the other person also needs to, and this goes both ways, but the other person also needs to say, yeah, he's grumpy, and I guess, I, sure, he should be because he's worried about paying the bills or she's worried about paying the bills and, and all the stuff that we're all stressed about. So, you know, uh, I think we all just need to cut each other a bit of slack whether you're in a relationship with that person or or whether it's a family member or maybe you're on the front line still working we just we gotta just cut each other some slack and get through this i think it's important to hold it to bear in mind that we are all doing the best we can and now with the stress some of the incredible stress people are it's it's not easy getting laid off and it's also not easy laying people off right like no matter coming and going there is more than enough stress to go around right now people are doing the best they can with the stress that they're carrying and sometimes the cracks show through that that does not make abuse or violence um, at any level acceptable but we have to figure out how we can circle back and say, you know, the way I came across there, that doesn't represent how I really feel about you, and it doesn't represent who I want to be or who I really am. And so I'm apologizing, and this is what I'm going to do better. And sometimes when we notice ourselves getting, you know, riled up, um, I, you know, I think it's time to say this is not the time to talk, text, or type. I'm going to pull myself back until I can cool off and represent myself better. Because these are really weird and really stressful times, and I don't know of a single person who isn't showing the stress, and often that stress comes out in relationships. Hey, you mentioned uh, you've got family members that are on the front lines working through this uh, pandemic. Um, Talk a little bit about that. That's a stress in your life that I'm sure you are worried about nonstop. Maybe just talk a bit about that and, and how you're handling that. Yes, so I have um, a couple of the uh, family members of um, in in my immediate family that are on the front lines. They are working um, in ways that you know have them potentially be exposed to it. I also have kids in other countries who are hunkered down there for the remainder of this. They are not going to be coming home, much to their mother's um, disappointment. I would have loved to have all my chicks. Uh, in a way that I could have gathered them under my wings, and that's not an option. And so I feel the stress of that all the time. Um, and how am I dealing with it? First of all, I'm just naming it, and I'm giving myself permission to be stressed. Like, th- these, this is a normal reaction by a normal person to an abnormal situation. And I think we can easily say we should be, I should be handling this better. I, sh- I should be able to cope with this. And why should we be able to cope with this? We are in new territory. When I learned to ride a bike, I didn't know what I was doing, and it took me a while to get the hang of it. This COVID-19, we are new in this space in terms of having people that we care deeply about being exposed to something that we can't see but that we know is dangerous. Why shouldn't I be worried about it? So I'm, first of all, trying to give myself permission to be worried Um, and to feel the fear, and then to remind myself of all the things that I know also to be true, and that is that there's people that are working to manufacture masks to get them to people that need them. Um, There are, you know, I know my kids take care of their health and um, have done what they can to get their immune system ready to be able to handle this. 
that I try to remind myself of things that I can be grateful for and things that even amongst the dangers, there are also things that are also true that are good in terms of my kids' health, in terms of the systems that are in place to try to protect frontline health workers as best as they can. And to know that um, I had family dinner with them, I'm going to be there and support them as best I can, um, knowing that I'm doing what I can. You know, we've talked a lot, you and I, uh, over uh, our time together about gratitude. And boy, that's that has really uh, taken the number one spot for me every day mm-hmm. and throughout the day is, is gratitude, right? Being grateful for the things that we do have. Um, and let me ask you something else. You talked about naming it and allowing yourself to be stressed about your, your family members uh, on the front lines. I think it's really important, maybe even more important now, communication is always important, but it's important now whether you're in a relationship or, you know, whether you're with family or kids, and and obviously it depends with the kids on how, and I want to get more into the kids part of it after our first break here, but just on on the communication front, nothing wrong with letting the other person know hey, I, I am grumpy, I am kind of stressed out, and here's why. And they might have a better understanding of why you are grumpy and stressed, right? Is that fair? <laughs> Absolutely. I think, you know, stuff start, it, 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 the stress ceases to lose its power when we name it. That which we can mention becomes manageable. And so uh, I've been working in our house to say this is what I'm stressed about or this is what I'm, how I'm feeling. And there's been a couple of times um, one of my colleagues around here was noticing that as we're in this new space, we're even discovering ourselves what works and what doesn't work. This is my first time in a pandemic. Like, have you ever done a pandemic before, Hal? Nope. First no, pandemic for me as well. First pandemic. And so how we, I am just learning how I am in a pandemic. I am just learning what works for my stress in a pandemic in a way that if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have had no clue, right? So yeah. there was uh, one of my colleagues told a story about how um, she came home from the grocery store really feeling the stress of being in the grocery store, not being able to maintain social distance as much as she would want to. And she was really feeling it when she got home. And her partner said, oh, you know, like, look at this funny video and let me tell you some jokes or I'm going to turn on some music and we're going to dance. And all these things that he was doing to make herself feel better, she was just annoyed by. And it took her until the next <laughs> It took her until the next day to say, I think you were trying to make me feel better. And I couldn't even tell you in the moment, but that actually didn't help me feel better. It felt like I was supposed to cheer up to make you feel better, but it didn't actually help. What I just needed you to do was to give me some space. But neither of them would have known that until they actually went through that experience, right? Like she is learning about what works for her and what doesn't work for her. And then she's communicating that and teaching it to her partner and her partner is willing to learn what, like everybody's learning as we go. Right. And so I think we have to give ourselves permission to try it, to figure out what works and what doesn't work to teach each other. And then to try it out again and see if that works any better and to be continually naming, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's working. Oh, I thought this would work, but it didn't. Let's try that, that we're all learning and, and we're students in real time, right? It's like we're taking the math test as we're learning the math. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.